This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Uh, some other issues I wanted to get to, again, 403-974-8255 is a telephone number, and we'll certainly have more time for your calls and your text. Uh, a provocative news study this week, though, looking at hiring practices in Canada, more to the point whether there are hiring biases that exist. New study found job applicants with Asian names, even with a master's degree, got less response, got fewer callbacks, got fewer interview requests than counterparts with Anglo-sounding names and only a bachelor's degree. Even putting that aside, the qualifications being better, but does it come down to the name? Uh, It's a joint study between the University of Toronto and Ryerson University. It's called, Do Large Employers Treat Racial Minorities More Fairly? Joining us on the line is uh, Jeffrey Wrights. He's a study author. He's with the Monk School of Global Affairs at the University of Toronto. Uh, Jeffrey, welcome to the program. Thank you very much. All right. Well, give us an overview then of what this study was looking at and and why this is something that, that needs to be understood. Well, it's very important because, you know, the extent of uh, discrimination against minorities in our uh, country in the labor market and other areas is very controversial. Some people believe it's very widespread. Uh, Others believe it's uh, actually a problem of the past. We've dealt with it and that maybe even, you know, political correctness has has given minorities an advantage. So uh, a lot of the evidence that's brought forward is controversial because it doesn't do what this study does, which is to actually observe the behavior of employers uh, who are, you know, confronting uh, job applications. So this study involves sending a nearly 13,000 computer-generated resumes to employers uh, in Toronto and Montreal in, in 2008 and 2009. Uh, the resumes that were uh, had controlled uh, qualifications on them and varied mainly because uh, in terms of the name on the application, whether it was an Anglo-Canadian name like John Smith or, a, or an Asian name, uh, Chinese names, uh, Indian and Pakistani names were used. And so in this study, you can find that if you, uh, if you compare the Asian applications with, with all Canadian qualifications with the uh, Anglo-Canadian application. The Asian applications received callbacks 30% uh, less frequently. And of course, if if there were any foreign qualifications, the rejection rate for the Asian applications went way up. So there is, uh, the point is that the study does uh, demonstrate that even in contemporary Canadian labor market, just an Asian name on a resume is a, uh, a negative signal to employers. Now, what's interesting is that there there seems to be a difference here between small and large companies. Well, this is one of the things that we wanted to look at because, you know, if you uh, talk to employers in the field, many of them will say, well, you know, we have modern human resource management uh, practices. uh, It's very carefully controlled and uh, we don't discriminate if there's any discrimination that's going on elsewhere. So we wanted to test that by comparing uh, large organizations, uh, over 500 employees, almost all of whom have uh, fairly sophisticated modern human resource management hiring practices, comparing them with the smaller employers. And we found uh, two, two basic things. One is, yes, there is a difference. Uh, the the uh, large employers 
are more effective in finding and 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 uh, looking at seriously at applicants with Asian names. However, uh, there still is an Asian disadvantage. The, the disadvantage for the large employers is 20%, and it's 40% for the uh, for the smaller employers. So on the one hand, the, the large employers do better, but there are still uh, some difficulties that they face. The smaller employers are much less uh, effective at uh, tapping into that uh, particular talent pool. Okay, and, and to clarify a point, because we're talking about names on, on the resume, but we're also talking about the qualifications, having a master's degree. Would, th- would that be a master's degree at a Canadian university? Does this have anything to do with foreign credentials? Yeah, this was an additional wrinkle of the study. We wanted to find out, you know, what, how much extra qualification would a uh, the the Asian named applicant need in order to overcome this uh, deficit? And so uh, we had uh, some of the uh, resumes that were sent out specified in addition to the Canadian BA of a Canadian master's degree. And so what we found was that even the master's degree didn't completely overcome the uh, the disadvantage. Uh, there was a difference by organizational size. If in the large organizations, the ma- person with the Canadian master's degree, Asian name, uh, that the disadvantage of the Asian name was more or less uh, offset by the extra degree. Uh, whereas in the small organizations, the... Uh, having the extra degree, uh, there was still a disadvantage for having a, an Asian name. So even with that extra degree and an Asian name, you're you're going to be behind the uh, Anglo-Canadian with a BA. And then so that would be the the exact same, the exact same, like Canadian university, Canadian bachelor's, Canadian master's. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And in fact, in the foreign qualifications, uh, well, the the, uh, the universities that were on the resumes were ranked using international ranking uh, to control that. Uh, and all of the foreign qualified uh, applicants had uh, degrees from recognized universities. Uh, but but the, I think the most interesting comparison is with the Canadian degrees and the Canadian experience because. Uh, this is really, you know, it, it, it's hard to explain why employers would prefer one over the other uh, if, if just on the basis of the name. Uh, we don't, of course, we're just observing this behavior. We don't know the motivations uh, behind it. Obviously, some people who reject those Asian applications may be, uh, you know, the, like the classic image of a racist person who doesn't like uh, people of other races around. But uh, there's certainly many other kinds of uh, indications that uh, that many people, uh, you know, harbor certain biases. Uh, they may not even be aware of themselves. I think psychologists call it implicit bias, where uh, unconsciously people associate certain groups with positive or negative. And it may well be that, you know, when you're sorting through the resumes, uh, just the, the fact that it's an Asian name may just subtly uh, affect your perception of the other qualifications and lead you to avoid that application. But, of course, from the point of view of the applicant, this is really bad news not to be able sure. to, you know, have uh, the benefit of, uh, of an interview. And so it can have a long-term uh, implication. I mean, could it be in part language issues that maybe there's a perception that you see a certain name... Gee, does, does that person, uh, is there going to be a language barrier with that person, et cetera? Well, it's interesting. You know, the, uh, 
the, in the original research, the uh, the Phil Oriopoulos, who conducted, who actually collected most of the data initially, he, after getting uh, the statistical results, he he sent it back to the employers in, in the study and asked them if they could explain it. Right. Most of them didn't answer, but uh, those who did answer tended to emphasize what the point you just made, which is that they see an Asian name. They think there's going to be language problems. Uh, there may be, uh, you know, uh, social relations problems at work and so on. And, of course, you know, that may be what they're thinking. But the resume makes quite clear that they are, you know, Canadian-educated, Canadian, educated, Canadian uh, with Canadian work experience. And so the likelihood of uh, serious language problems is low. Plus, there's a phone number there they could call up and they don't do. So, you know, the idea of language bias may be a question of implicit, the implicit bias that I mentioned a minute ago, where people have run into uh, workers with Asian names they found difficult to understand or that found that language might be inadequate, and they applied that image to the application that they see, despite the evidence that this particular Asian name person Probably doesn't have, you know, probably speaks uh, English as fluently as you you or I. Well, if we don't fully understand why it's happening, how do we fix it? Excellent question. (laughs) Very good. I think that, uh, you know, that the solution may be different for the large companies and the small. The larger companies have, uh, you know, routinized hiring uh, uh, practices. And what we've been recommend in our study is that they experiment with anonymized resume uh, testing. Uh, this is a procedure that's been used in a number of other countries in Europe and the United States, uh, not very much in Canada. This is where you take the resumes that come in and, and uh, either remove the identifying information about the person's name or you do the preliminary screening of the resume by taking the key pieces of information that you're using for the screening like the you know the basic qualifications and experience and uh and and separate that from the resume and and simply make the initial screening based on that evidence so that uh without the identifying information the possibility of bias would be would be reduced to zero and to see you could do an experiment to see whether uh that makes a difference in your uh inclination to interview an asian applicant so, you know, that's certainly something that we're advocating that more uh, more companies do. And we we also think that uh, government agencies could make that kind of uh, procedure more visible and uh, help companies who want to experiment with those procedures. For the smaller companies, it's a different story because uh, they their resources for uh, analyzing their hiring practices may be more limited. I think for for many of them, uh, they should first of all be aware that the big, more successful companies are tapping a, a a talent pool that they're missing out on. So that's a competitive disadvantage for them, and they really should be motivated to have a look at that. Uh, secondly, I think that it, it, what they could do is, you know, I think some of these biases creep in because the decision making uh, at this especially preliminary stage may be done by one isolated person. And it might be a good idea to get maybe a, a dis- bring in at least one other second person to participate in the decision and to discuss it and, you know, look for possibilities of bias. Well, and I, I wonder, too, and a couple of people have, have wondered this just looking at the text I'm, I'm receiving here. Um, 
that it, it seems odd that someone with just a bachelor's would have an advantage over someone with a master's degree. Is it possible that in any of these these jobs, someone with a master's would be perceived to be overqualified? Yes, we did. Uh, that's a good point because it, uh, we certainly we wanted to look at uh, uh, the jobs by we could look at it by skill level. Uh, distinguishing high skilled you know engineering kind of jobs from lower skilled these all the applicants in this study had bachelor 's degrees because the jobs advertisement required that, but they did vary in skill level and we were interested in high skilled jobs because those are the jobs that are going to pay the uh, you know the best salaries and uh, be more subtractive to people so we did find that uh, uh, the finding that I mentioned about the extra degree was actually holding uh, for the high skilled jobs. For the lower skilled jobs, you're quite right that uh, the extra master's degree actually was a disadvantage for uh, people applying to the lower skilled jobs, including it included some jobs like cashier and so on, because I think employers would look at that and say, gee, you know, it's a, the job is a fairly simple job and this person's got a master's degree. There must be something wrong with them uh, so they, or, or, you know, they're, they're overqualified and inappropriate. So uh, we did take that into account. Yeah. All right. Well, really interesting research, Jeffrey. We've got to leave it there. But thanks so much for making some time for us here today. Appreciate it. Pleasure to talk to you. All right. Take care. That's uh, Jeffrey Wright. He's with the Monk School of Global Affairs, University of Toronto, one of the authors of this study. Um, Interesting. Uh, Someone sent me a link to to a a Freakonomics uh, piece from uh, 2013. And this is something similar that's been studied in the United States. So it's been looked at in both countries. So... There's something too. I mean, why why is it happening? But as as the guest said, there's just the simple, blunt answer that well, everybody's a racist, everybody's terrible. Well, okay, maybe that's the case in some instances, but maybe there's something else going on here. That's something we should understand. I think. Anyway, four zero three nine seven four eight two five five. We'll take a break. We'll have some time for your calls when we come back. Your thoughts on this? Obviously, we can come back to the rent control debate as well. This is afternoons on News Talk seven seventy. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.